0: Hello, you're listening to episode 140 of Outnumbered, the Podcast, How to Find Your Bare Minimums. We've talked about surviving survival times before, but what to do when life settles down and it's still too much. You still don't have enough time or energy to do all the things that you want to do. Well, Audrey and I are here to tell you that that is exactly the life we live in, and we are going to explain just how we come to decide on what the bare minimum is in each category of our life. Cleaning, organizing, relationships, school stuff, and work time. We hope this concept blows your mind and really frees up some time for you.
1: Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos.
0: Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hey friends, welcome back. We are going to talk about a really interesting concept today that I'm very excited to share with you, Um, and we're calling it bare minimums uh, because we talk a lot about being in survival mode and like what to do when life is kind of overwhelming. But then you get to a phase like where we are, where um, I don't think either of us is really in survival mode right now, maybe, you know, during sickness or whatever. But just in general, life is more than we can handle. (laughs) So we've had to get to a point where we've decided what things we let go and what things we don't. And this is a really important and helpful skill for, I think, parents of any stage of life. So we're going to get into it.
1: Yeah. You know, the point is that we can't, like, we can't survive I mean, we can't exist in survival mode all the time. We we survive in survival mode. But the goal of survival mode is to kind of get us through and beyond. And then the next stage here is what we're talking about. Like, how do you just sort of, oh, you know, give yourself grace with not being able to do everything that's ideal that you would like to get done. So there's some things that we, you know, just choose not to take back on yet or we can be a little bit bad at, and and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and you know
0: we did consider calling this episode D
1: minus work
0: <laughs> instead of bare minimums. Uh, you may be familiar with the concept of being a minus work. We talk about that a lot in coaching, um, just to kind of lower your your perfectionism expectations. But sometimes we have to go even lower and just barely eke along in certain areas. But we thought that was kind of a depressing title, so we're so we're doing bare minimums instead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. So one of the things we're going to talk about is cleaning and cleanliness and how we kind of have to just let some things go, but that's kind of, um, where my humor segment comes from today. So, um, my son is in college. My oldest son is in college and he, um, came home one weekend and, um, he was kind of late getting home. And I said, Hey, you know what? You, you kind of are home later than usual than normal on a weekend. And, He said, yeah, he said, oh, man, I I just was doing extra deep cleaning on our apartment. He's um, living with some buddies in an apartment. And he said, I was, he said, I, I was cleaning. He was telling me, you know, what he was cleaning. I cleaned my room and I cleaned the bathroom. And he said, and the kitchen, he said, I never, you can, you're not going to believe this, but we've never cleaned the stove the entire time we've been there. (laughs) This is like, you know, three months in, I was like, Okay. We can still be friends if you don't look in my stove while you're home this weekend. Because (laughs) It's been way more than three months since I coined it. Your young adult son is like, totally going to come home all judgmental. I
0: know. I know. Mom, this is so gross.
1: (laughs) I know. And it is gross, but it's one of those things I have to let slip sometimes.
0: I have a girlfriend um, who lives out of state and she is single and she's just a little bit younger than me. And so I went and stayed the night with her when I was traveling and I just wanted to kiss her. Her house was so clean. I just thought, oh, this is so beautiful. You're never allowed to come to my house. <laughs> it never looks like this. Yeah. Um, I will mention that um, in uh, Jody Moore's Be Bold program, if you're a member of that, she also has a uh, video call about a concept really similar to this. She calls hers minimum baseline. So if you're um, in that program, you might want to go check that out because it's also a really, really great resource for this concept. But we're going to talk about these bare minimums, okay? So let me just say that when I was a stay-at-home mom with two kids, um, I had a lot of the same struggles I do now, but mostly on average I could do everything I wanted to, okay? So if I wanted to change the sheets every week, I could do that. If I wanted to do a little household project, I could manage that while still feeding my children. If I wanted to give everybody a bath every day, I could do that, right? So whatever cleanliness or organizational standards I put upon myself, I could manage them for the most part, unless something went crazy. Now I have 10 children. I run a couple of businesses and I have a home and a large property and a husband. And it is no longer possible for me to do a lot of the things that I wish I could do, like changing sheets every week. It just It's just not going to happen. So I realized that something has to give. So this is what, what kind of launched this whole idea.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of um, a time when I was early also in my parenting career. I had three kids and I had a very, very sweet friend get married and she, they were just setting up their housekeeping. And she called me one afternoon and she said, Audrey, I, I just need to ask you a question. You're farther along in this than me. And I, I have a question. I said, okay. And she said, um, what do you do when you're done cleaning? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well... I and she read me off her list every week. I do this and I get through this list, and and I I don't have anything to do. And I said, okay, I'll tell you what to do. Come you over to kids. my <laughs> house. Yeah, come over to my house, and I and you can start on my list because my cleaning <laughs> never gets done. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I do remember that phase for
0: sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, and so I, like that was when a first time I kind of came face to face with. Yep. I've had to let things slip for the good of some other things. And my kids were getting lots of top-notch attention, but the cleanliness of my baseboards just was not up there in Mm -hmm. getting real good attention. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, okay. My, um, top three priorities, I think are, um, my relationship with my husband and my kids, um, and, and spiritual, of course I keep I have to keep my spiritual relationship with God in top-notch order or all the other relationships fall apart. So that's like my top priority is my relationships. And then, um, for me, it is, um, meals and health. So we do a lot of the health of our family, um, proactively. So we think that by eating really super healthy, we're, um, staying healthier and and eliminating a lot of um like medical bills. And so that's the second priority is my family's health, keeping everybody fed well, good so meals. And then um I'd have to say probably the third priority is um my kids' uh education. So that's the third thing that I don't let slip. And if I, if I was allowed a fourth then it would be like my work stuff that I do. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know, your story reminded me of uh,
0: a, a story I'll share that I'm not particularly proud of, but I remember also being in a very early stage of motherhood and going to a friend's house who had probably two or three times the amount of kids I did and walking into her house and just thinking, How does your floor get this gross? <laughs> <laughs> Again, not proud of that statement because I can guarantee that there are many, many people that come to my house and just think, Ew, I could never live this way. Right. <laughs> and yet, here we are doing the best we can, right? So my priorities, I think, were, are sometimes a little bit difficult to boil down as well. You're kind of trying to juggle all these things, but when you really have to boil them down to the most important, I mine are really similar to yours. It has to be my relationship with God and my family that comes first because when those things um, go awry, then, then I really suffer. Those are the things that matter the most to me, right? And then after that, I would probably say some bare basic Household and school stuff, um, because that I think ties into relationships. If my house is a complete disaster, I'm a monster, and so that I'm not developing my relationships the way they should be. And then after that, it is also my work goals. That's it's gotten a lot more important to me the last few years as I've built my business, and I'm I'm grateful for it because it's something that really brings me a lot of sanity. But it's another thing on the list, right? Um, so I actually have a blog post, uh, that I wrote a couple years ago about how kids can thrive when their mom is overwhelmed, because I had been feeling really overwhelmed and been feeling bad about the things that I couldn't give my kids or the things that I was asking them to do. And, um, all of these things are, are really, really great skills my kids are developing, like learning how to see a need and pitch in, right? Uh, Most of the lessons learned are mine, of course. I learned to let go of things. I learned to lessen control, um, allow my children to do things even though they do them imperfectly, trust that it'll all work out, have faith in both them and in God to help me out. Um, And I really feel like this feeling of overwhelm is the reason why largely a lot of kids from big families tend to be on the more responsible and capable side. I don't think it's because we're better mothers. I think it's just because we've hit our limits a long time ago and the kids have to step in and help out, which I think is a is a great blessing. Everyone might not agree with me, but it's been great for us.
1: Oh yeah, there's so many good thoughts there. Um it's it makes me chuckle when like I actually on a rare occasion have time on a Sunday afternoon to sit down and play a board game with my kids, which they usually like to do and they they kind of look at each other in the corner of their eyes like uh Like, how do we have fun? Or what do we do? You know, mom's kind of, we're not used to this mom being here and having extra time to play with us or whatever. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I agree that um, I think it's really good for kids to um, see a need and learn to help. It's going to benefit them a lot later in their life. Just having the skills to to fill the need, but having the skill of seeing the need where yes, um, help yes. is needed. That's that what, is That's mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's several areas that we might choose to pull back when our time or attention is pulled in a million different directions and we cannot get it all done. And we're going to, we're going to talk about um, some of these and like how we make compromises. Um, okay. So some of these areas are cleaning and organizing Groceries and food, home or yard, cleanliness, maintenance, um, work, obligations, the level of care that we give our children, and then relationships. I do want to say before we get into these, though, that having a system already in place that just kind of runs itself, like we have a whole episode about systems and routines, and when you can get those running, um and running themselves, running smoothly, it does help in these areas when we're kind of in this bare minimum period. Yes, totally. I think I've mentioned this multiple times before, but I I
0: always feel like running a household is kind of like getting a freight train moving, right? It takes like ridiculous amounts of effort to get it just starting to budge but then once you get that momentum going things are a lot easier um and so like right now I'm kind of revamping our our family's meal plan and um the way we buy groceries and things and it's ridiculous everything's kind of screeched to a halt (laughs) it's so hard but when I get it back in play and rolling along it's going to be a lot easier so that's something to keep in mind so we're going to touch each of these areas by telling you first our ideal in this area, which is always kind of fun, right, in a perfect world. And then the reality that we've settled on as busy moms. Um, and and the, the list of things that Audrey just mentioned, we kind of put them in that order because we kind of feel like those are kind of the order of importance, increasing importance, right? Like when we let go of things, it's not usually... Um, Our relationships with our children or like basic care, like changing diapers. We let go of mopping the floor, right? So um, you get to decide what what, um, order those priorities go in so you know what to let go of first. Okay, so number one, cleaning and organizing. So fun. The bane of our existence as mothers, right? So in my ideal, this is always fun. My house would always be immaculate, naturally. My kids would never be pushing furniture out of the way just to make some fort. Mm -hmm. Um, All the closets would be perfectly organized. And on that note, I would have more than one closet in my house. And I would have regular professional help so that when things did get disorderly, other people would just come in and clean it all up for me. Doesn't that sound beautiful?
1: (laughs) That sounds so nice and clean. (laughs) Like, can I come over? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh Well, yeah. So... I just want to give an example of this. Um, at the beginning of this summer, um, life was kind of clicking along pretty good. And my, one of my, um, my 13 year old daughter and I came up with a routine where we had, um, every day of the week, we kind of made it, um, mnemonic where it's Monday we were mopping and Tuesday we were doing toilets. And then Wednesday we were washing windows and Thursday, you know, okay. So on. we had something that we were doing every day of the week. And we even had it where, um, like on Monday we were mopping. Well, on Mondays, every other week we we would mop the downstairs and then we would mop the upstairs. So we really had this nice routine going on. And, um, like the house was looking really good and it just felt really nice. But then things happened. And, um, we had my 18 year old daughter, um, was not available anymore to help us. She was helping care for um, my grandfather. And so she wasn't even home. So she wasn't there to help. And so you can imagine losing an 18-year-old helper, like we really had to scale back on our extra things, extra cleaning things that we were doing. And, And so we are mopping when the floor gets sticky, not on a weekly basis, you know, every other week we do the upstairs of the downstairs, you know, like this nice thing we had going on. But the reality was that we can only mop right now when the floor gets sticky because we just don't have the extra time to dedicate to it. So that's just a little example of um, how we've had to, you know, kind of move back into a, a bare minimum philosophy right now because it's uh, it's what we have and what we're able to do. And, and hopefully we'll get back closer to that. You know, everything is clicking along and everything's going good and like the ideal, but that that's just not the mode that we are in right now. Yeah. I love that example uh, because you kind of are a little bit in a, in a survival mode,
0: even though it's going to be a little bit more long-term than you'd like, you know? So you have to really shift into this, this new reality. Um, I will also say here, something we should have mentioned at the beginning that you get to decide what your reality looks like and you get to decide that with zero guilt or like making yourself feel bad about it, right? There is no rule. There's nobody out there saying, if you don't mop your floor every week, you are disgusting and you don't deserve to run a household. No, that's not how it works. You probably grew up with a certain standard of cleanliness, right? Which probably largely influences how clean your own house is and your and your husband did the same and you guys have kind of balanced it out. But you get to decide what works for you. Like maybe there's something that you just cannot stand. Maybe you cannot stand dirty sheets. And so you choose to wash them every three days or whatever. And maybe for you, you're like, I do not care. We'll wash them once every three months, whatever. But you get to decide. And and I encourage you to do so with no drama, right? Without making yourself feel bad about it. That this is what's important to you. And that's what you're going to choose to do. And if it makes you feel better to not tell anyone, don't tell anyone. You don't need to be judged. That's all. <laughs> Off the <soapbox. laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, you know, um, I'm like you. I'm thinking about what you said at the beginning of the episode, how, you know, you maintain a certain level of cleanliness because otherwise you get crabby. I am one of those people that my mood is affected by clutter. And one thing that I have done to help myself um, be able to get through the day without the clutter just dragging me down uh, emotionally is every day no matter what, we have an afternoon chore time at four o'clock. And so if that means I'm sick and I'm laying on the couch supervising while the kids do it and it's done to their level of cleanliness, then that's what happens that day. But I can mentally let go of the mess before four o'clock because I know that there's a point in the day Hmm. when order is going to be restored. So like even going through a day, you know I'm not I mean there was a point in my life where like Joanna Gaines puts it she followed her kids around picking up toys sometimes before they were even done playing with <laughs> them you know because it, the best was bugging her so bad and how she came to terms with that she has a nice article or she's mentioned it several times across her different platforms but like that's me I I can let it go because I know there is an hour of cleanliness coming in the day yes totally Okay, moving on to a second area, groceries and meals. Well, like I said, this is this is one thing that I don't like to let go of very often. Um but there is a, always a deeper level or a higher standard that I can go to. And so um ideally, I have meals planned a week ahead. I've done um you know, like you hear us talk about in our episodes like especially on supper where you cook two meals at a time and you have one put away in the freezer or you have, you know, ground beef browned for the whole week and you can just pull it out and things that make it easier. Like ideally I would love to do all that stuff every week. But <laughs> ideal doesn't always happen. That's what we're Butter talking life. about.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, mine is similar and I will also say that when it comes to food, I like to get my food from different sources. So I I really, you know, when I have time, I love to go to the health food store for these things. And then I also like to go to Trader Joe's for these fun things. And then I also like to go to this store for the cheaper things. And yeah, that's just not my life right now. So instead I order groceries from the local neighborhood grocery store every week because that's the best I can do. I don't have time to shop. So I either Sunday or Monday, I get on my phone. I order almost the same groceries every week, oftentimes adding in, you know, a few things here and there for different meals. I pick them up the next day. Um, and then my husband goes to Costco once or twice a month for all the other things, anything I forget, we either go without or I order from Amazon. Um, and then I like to plan a couple of good dinners a a week. Um, if I've got it together, if not, we just kind of forage and we survive and it's okay. And we have leftovers and sometimes we order pizza and, and I have created enough of a system that it, it really does run itself fairly simply. But even when that fails, um, we still eat and, and, and we live. So that's okay. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> yeah, when- we forget. Sometimes we think, oh my gosh, if I don't go to the store right now, what are we going to eat? We'll figure something out. We're smart.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody's starved yet. No, I do like that um, tip about recruiting kid helpers. One thing that has really helped me is not cooking three meals a day, seven days mm-hmm. a week, but I have meals assigned to certain kids. So Currently, it's um, my 13-year-old, my 18-year-old daughter switch back and forth on who does breakfast, and I never cook breakfast except, well, for myself because I'm not able right now to digest certain things, so I'm having to do a special breakfast for myself. But it's only me, right? Like I can get my food or I can just skip it if I have to that day. Um, For lunch, it rotates between my 10-year-old son and my 16-year-old son. One of them is doing lunch. Um, every day of the week, except the weekend. And then supper, I'm on supper. So like I can kind of save my creative cooking energy and just any, I mean, not even creative, just cooking. I can save it (sighs) because I know I've got supper going on. But you know, the past week I've been sick and my 18 year old daughter stepped in and she's been helping. But anyway, all this to say, definitely get a system where you've got help. Because I don't know, for me, meals, it's like, like we were talking in our episode on snacks, like it seems like they're always hungry and never appreciative enough of what you've cooked. And it just like that just is so draining to be able to come up with an idea for the next meal when they didn't like the last meal or, you know. Right, right.
0: Yeah, and you know, if you don't have kids that are in the stage to help yet, there are a lot of ways you can scale way back on the complexity of your meals and still be feeding kids decent food. So like, for example, you can do um, Instant Pot Oats, steel cut oats in the instant pot. You get it ready the night before and you just turn it on in the morning or slow cooker all night. And guess what? You don't even have to get out of bed. They can just scoop it out in their own bowls. Even a four-year-old can do that. Um, Or you ask your husband to get it started before he leaves or any number of things. You just simplify, simplify, simplify in order to get kids fed without stressing out any additional amount.
1: Yeah, we do have helpful episodes all about breakfast, lunch, dinner, And snacks now. So you can go listen to any of those episodes because we dove, did a deep dive into each of those meals in those episodes. Yeah, totally.
0: Okay. So moving on to number three, let's talk about home and yard maintenance. So this is like a level deeper than just basic cleanup. Um, So this is my ideal. Are you ready? (laughs) It's it's beautiful if you can just picture it. All of the sheets are changed weekly. And on that note, everyone has a matching bedding set that never gets strewn around the room and around the house. It's just always put together so nicely. When they make their beds, they cover. Again, this is ideal, right? It's in my imagination, but they pull up their bedspread and they have their perfectly matching pillows and throw pillows too that they (laughs) (laughs) can. I'm going. That's your thing. yeah, I'm getting out of control now. Um, anyway, any uh, monthly, I would want to um, patch up any holes in the walls, or like currently, my four year old, I've been catching her peeling paint off the wall, so fun. So that would be fixed. Um, spider webs would be cleaned out. We happen to live in a home that has a lot of spiders, so we got spider webs everywhere. Um, I would have my yard professionally mowed, so it wouldn't be like. 14 year old's level of mowing, which is you know sometimes good, sometimes not, and trimmed and edged every week so that my flowers would look beautiful and my bushes would be so wonderful and there wouldn't be weeds anywhere. Doesn't
1: that sounds nice. <laughs> hey, I love the part about matching sheets. I'm not even sure right now if any of my kids, except my bed, has matching sheets on it. Like, no, how do they even my do bed. that? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Like, how do they even do that? I mean, my teenage daughters do their own laundry, so I know they have matching sheets because it's only those two to keep track of. But my goodness, what is so hard about picking out two sheets that match and putting... I mean, I even have, like, mostly all-white sheets.
0: Yeah. That's what we need to do, all-white. Doesn't work.
1: Oh, yeah. So the reality here, I don't know. Like, the biggest tip I have here is delegate. So you know, just delegate, 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 and be at peace with it not being done to your level. So I think I talked about our chore cards in the past, and the chore card has a picture on it of what the room is supposed to look like when it's clean, and it has daily and weekly and as needed on the card. And the kids are supposed to clean it to that level, and it just doesn't always get done. I mean my four-year-old currently loves to use Windex and she'll clean the mirror in the bathroom like five times a day since that's her little room she's cleaning right now but the rest of the bathroom looks like really bad because she didn't even touch it you know but she gets to spray that Windex and wipe it and spray it and wipe it it's so funny Mm -hmm. anyway um and and I just have to be at peace with my mirror being you know like quadruple cleaned and the toilet not even touched until I have an extra minute to touch it. <laughs> uh, same on the yard. Um, so here I'm thinking, um, so we live in the country, and our neighbors don't live close enough to even care or be able to see our yard what it looks like. So it just has to be done to our standard. but um if you live in town and you don't have time to do it yourself and it's really um concerning to you, or you have a town that has ordinances about how tall your grass can be. <laughs> our town, our closest town actually has that. so hire someone to do it or do an exchange with a neighbor. I'll mow your yard in September if you mow my yard in October, you know that kind of thing. Maybe can you trade or whatever? Just the idea being here, take some load off yourself if you have to hire a lawn service, whatever it takes um to to just get the job done.
0: Yeah, totally. That, that happened to us recently. Um, generally my boys and my husband take care of the yard, but it's a really big yard. And we had, we were out of town for a week and then we had tons and tons of rain for the desert. And so everything grew like crazy. And then we came back and our mower died, like our riding mower. And it's just, (laughs) it is not even possible to do with the push mower. So we were like wading through the grass trying to grow like, Oh
1: look, somebody's shoe got lost in the grass. It was so tall. So yeah, we had to hire some help, but that is That is totally okay. All right, moving on to work obligations. Well, ideally, I never miss a deadline. I'm always ahead of the curve. Um, Nothing is ever late. And I make just loads of money. Like, really, it's (laughs) such a profitable business.
0: Are you laughing? I love the loads of money. There's nothing wrong. I want loads of money too. Okay. Yeah. Yes, totally. So, my reality right now, and it has not always been like this, but this is what I've, Created in the past year or so is working about two or three hours a day. Um, and that's when everything works out exactly as it should. And no one's sick. And I don't have a needy baby. And all my big kids are helping and not being jerks and blah, blah, blah. Um, but very often I just have to pick and choose what will move my work needle the most that week. Like, d- is it sending out an email? Is it doing this? Is it contacting this person? Whatever. And sometimes, you know, like if you are in business for yourself, chances are good, you know that social media monster. And sometimes I'm making it just nailing my social media, doing it all the time and getting lots of traffic. And sometimes I'm just not. So that is also something that's, it's been a little bit more frustrating to let things go on the work front of things because this is something that's just for me. Um, but again, my time is just very limited and my family's my priority. So that's kind of where we are now.
1: Yeah. I have also had to make evaluations about what's going to make the most difference. Um, you know, there's, there's things that, I just have to let go, um, and now I've—I uh, was telling our Patreon um, followers this that I have actually hired, brought in some help, some assistance, and um, they—they're helping me because I can't do it all. Yeah. So, yeah. Just um, and I have to make an assessment of where my time is most profitably spent. One thing that does help me, I have to say, in work obligations is making a plan for the week at the beginning of the week and assessing exactly what needs done and then filling it in looking at the rest of my calendar and seeing where I can fit things in.
0: Yes, on that note I will I can I share one thing? Yeah. Um, I have recently started doing a to-do list the night before for both work obligations and home obligations. And for some reason that has been really, really helpful for me. So if I have a list of 10 things that need to get done in a week on Monday, I'll write down what needs to happen Tuesday and Tuesday, I'll write down what happens, what needs to happen Wednesday, et cetera. So that as the day goes along, I can just get those few things done. And if I don't get them done, then I can move them to the next day. Anyway, just knowing exactly what is expected of me the day before has been really, really helpful.
1: All right, moving on to the level of care for our children. Oh, ideally, my children look so beautiful. Their hair is brushed and styled. They've been bathed. Um, their fingernails are and toenails are clean and trimmed. Um, they're wearing cute clothes. Their shoes match, and they're on the right feet. <laughs> and um, they're not dirty with things spilled all over them. And, uh, that, yeah, they just look so good and so sweet. Oh, that's so cute. Let,
0: let me just say for the record here that my
1: notes on this line
0: for my reality, just say, ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> this is again, another one of those areas where when I was a young mom with just a couple of kids, I would see families with a lot of kids and, you know, the kids are wearing like mismatched flip-flops and their clothes don't match and their hair is psychotic. And I'm thinking, oh, come on, that's just just take a little, put a little effort into how you look, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm coming back to eat my words because my kids are completely responsible for getting themselves dressed. I help the four-year-old and I do the two-year-old and the baby. Everyone else just completely 100%, it's up to them. Not only is that is getting dressed up to them, but putting like sorting and folding and putting their clothes away is up to them. So if they haven't done that, chances are good they're still rooting around trying to find something that's clean to wear and it's okay. It's totally okay. I mean, I don't think I would really want, you know, the paparazzi to snap a shot of us out at Costco or something, but I do require that my children are bathed and looking cute on Sunday when we go to church. That's my only requirement. But but then again, my kids don't go to school too. So you might have to like up your requirement just a little bit if your kids, you know, are seen by other people, but maybe not. Maybe it's totally
1: okay to let your yeah. kids be creative with their outfits. You know, my kids' fingernails get trimmed when they start scratching me. <laughs> yep.
0: Sounds about right. When, when my nursing baby is starting to leave claws, like claw marks and scabs on me, then I clip the fingernails. Yeah. Okay. So finally, let's talk about relationships. So we'll save this one for last, like we mentioned, because this is the most important for us. Anyway, um, my ideal... Um, is to spend one-on-one time with each child every day. I would love that. And not just like I'm looking at them in the face to tell them to do their chores, but like we're playing and we're interacting and we're reading and we're cuddling and all these things. Um, I would homeschool each child one-on-one and be there to answer all their questions. I would tuck each and every child in at night. Um, But in order for that to happen in our family of 10 kids, there would have to be five of me. So (laughs) we don't do all that and that's okay.
1: Yeah. You know, we have a good episode about one-on-one time with kids. And in it, we mainly talk about how to um, maximize the time that you do get to spend with your kids so that you're interacting with them in a way that's meaningful to them. Because, like, I could spend one-on-one time with my 16-year-old and he'd think it was weird, you know, creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, what do you want to do? And he'd be like, I want you to go away.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That, you know, you make a really good point there. Like, I have um, one child in particular I can think of who doesn't like to read with me, doesn't like to play games, but he's obsessed with playing Legos. And playing Legos with me would be, like, the funnest thing ever. Whereas my teenager, uh, we were just in a drive through for a long time the other day. And ended up having one-on-one time that way. Abe was kind of forced because he was in the car with me. But, you know, making good use of everyday situations to connect with your children instead of necessarily saying, Oh, this is our special time. And they may or may not even be willing to do that. Right. It's just kind of following their cues.
1: Yeah. My 16 year old is now getting one-on-one time with me because he, uh, he's learning how to drive. So, (laughs) but see, again, I'm talking about like trying to make sure that I'm in a good space. So I'm not like, you know, screaming at him about his driving but, I mean, this is my fourth kid that I've taught how to drive. So, obviously, I've learned some lessons here. But just to make it um, more of a good experience for, for both of us. I mean, it maybe we should do a whole episode about helping a kid learn how to drive. Because you and I both have some experience with that now. But, anyway, yeah. just the time that I have with them making it more, more meaningful. Yeah. Um, so, one thing I have to do is just prioritize and use... Use shortcuts or I can. So, like, you know, some of my kids would love it if I'd play Ring Around the Rosie with them for hours on end, but (laughs) that is just not going to be the most effective way that I can spend time at them. Like, I make sure that I tuck them into bed at night and, you know, give them my kids love it for me to, they call it itch my back. Mom, can you itch my back? (laughs) So I spend a little time with each of them at their bed, scratching their back. And just giving them a little tiny bit of attention right before they go to sleep. And I found that to be a very effective way to spend time with them if I haven't gotten, I mean, any day. You know, so that's something that it just takes me a few minutes per kid. And then they go to sleep peacefully. Otherwise, they're, you know, up and asking for water or snacks or, you know, they're up Mm -hmm, going mm -hmm. to the bathroom five times. But if I just do that little tiny routine with them, it does settle them down and everybody gets to sleep sooner. Um, So... Like maybe I've not been able to spend as much time with them during the day, but if I can just do that special touch connection with them at the end of the day, then I found that that does make up for a lot of time when I just can't do things during the rest of the day. Yeah, those are great tips.
0: I personally have also noticed that I may not have free time to like play connect with my kids, but everything we're doing during the day is together. If I'm just present, right? So that's another thing I've tried to do is just put my phone down and be a lot more present with my kids so that even when we're just making lunch, just cleaning up, just, um, you know, helping the baby get his diaper changed or this or that, doing laundry, they still feel connected to me because I'm looking in their eyes and I'm asking them questions and we're talking rather than being disconnected, you know?
1: So Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, listen to all of our episodes about screen time and things and how much, kids start acting up and how much they feel like they're not connecting with you if that phone is even in the same room. Right. right. So that's one way, you know, you can make it more meaningful with them is just make sure that it's just a little tiny thing like that, like the device isn't even out.
0: So that's our episode on our bare minimums. You guys, I hope you go into your life and look at the things that are taking up a lot of your time that you don't necessarily want to be spending time on so you can put them in more important places and give yourself permission to let some things go. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link
1: in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week.